Hello, and thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench. This show has been created and designed by former judge Fred M. Mosley. Please stay connected as you will learn more about the law of the life, how it applies to your life, and so much more. Buckle in. Who is former judge Fred M. Mosley? Well, let me share a little of his testimony. He was born in 1944 in Birmingham, Alabama, the youngest of five children. He attended public school in a strictly segregated Birmingham and was a mediocre student until he reached about the fifth grade. Obviously, as he says in his testimony, someone along with his parents and immediate family was praying for him because he began applying himself in school and became an A student and a class president. Throughout high school years, he remained active in church and was blessed with a scholarship to college, being the first in his family to go beyond secondary school. Upon graduation from Wilborn Forest University, he was blessed and beyond with his wildest dream and imagination to be able to go to law school in Ohio. He was accepted, and he was the first to enter into a racially integrated school. He was also the second African-American hired by antitrust in the history of the department. Pretty incredible. Also, in 1981, he was elected to the bench, the first African-American in that city, in Ohio, and began serving a six-year term until January of 1982. And he was later indicted in 1984 and was facing 132 years of incarceration. He had a three-week trial in 1985 and ended up being convicted and sentenced to 10 years federal and 12 years state to run consecutively. This was just the start of another chapter in the life of Fred M. Mosley. As you continue to tune in and listen to his show, you will find out more information about the past, the present, and, oh, my gosh, the future. Today we will present to you former Judge Fred M. Mosley, and the topic of discussion is the law of life, of spirit, sin, and death, Romans 8 and 2. Fred Mosley? Well, thank you very much, Tawanda. And before getting into what we want to share today, it's necessary to make it clear that for one to understand and appreciate what we're going to discuss under the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death, they have to accept the fact without reservation or equivocation that God does everything by and through a fixed law of his. Now, most of us are familiar with certain basic laws, the law of physics, the law of biology, the law of chemistry, even the law of mathematics. But there are many other major laws, physical and natural laws that God has created, but also, we're going to get into some of the spiritual laws, one of which we will discuss in this session. 
but other natural laws, the law of geology, mechanical laws, laws of motion, laws of gravitation, laws of relativity, laws of transformation, laws of thermodynamics. We could go on and on and on naming many of these natural and physical laws that we adhere to, that we accept as being absolutes, and we have no question in our mind. One in particular, most of us are familiar, is the law of gravity. We all understand that that is an absolute law that is not a respecter of persons. Now, in order for us to transfer over into the spirit realm and to understand these laws of life as it relates to spiritual matters, we must have to accept the fact that these natural and physical laws are absolute, which most of, most of us have done, and also that the spiritual laws that we're going to discuss in this series, that they are as absolute as those natural and physical laws. Now, the mere fact that we cannot make contact with natural and physical, with, I should say, with spiritual laws, with our natural senses, does not make them any less real than these natural and physical laws that we can contact with our natural senses. We can see the law of freezing at work. Water reaches 32 degrees Fahrenheit. We know what happens. It automatically turns to ice. Now, we can see that in the natural. We can make contact with it in the natural. We can, even, we can touch it in the natural. But because we cannot necessarily make contact with our physical senses, with the spiritual laws of life, many of us do not consider them as being in existence or we do not consider them being as real as natural and physical laws. So I needed to lay that foundation because if, our, if the individuals on this call are unwilling to accept the fact that the spiritual laws are as absolute as the natural laws, then they will totally miss the point of what we're endeavoring to establish in this series. So we're going to be talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. And I direct your attention to Romans 8, 2, 8, and 2 as our foundational scripture for the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 2 says that for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, if you note here, the Apostle Paul uses the term law, not principle, not precept, not concept, but Apostle Paul uses the term law. Why? Because it is an absolute. As all laws of life that we have that we will be covering in this series, these laws are absolute. And you'll notice I will oftentimes use the word or the term absolute because it properly describes natural, physical, but as well as spiritual laws. They are as absolute as those natural and physical laws that we make contact with our natural senses, as we said before. Now, again, in this session, we will be, we will be discussing the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death, regardless of one's station in life. We are all, and I repeat, we are all under one of two fixed, absolute, unchanging 
immutable laws. And those two laws are the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Each of us, now I understand there's some seven or eight billion people on the planet, on the planet Earth today. And I submit to you that every one of those seven or eight billion people, they're under one or the other of these two laws. They are either under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or they're under the law of sin and death. There is no middle ground. There's no wiggle room. There are no alternatives. There are no loopholes. Again, no middle ground, no fence straddling. You're either under one of those two laws or you're under the other of those two laws. Now, just as the law of gravity is absolute, just as the law of space and motion and kindling temperature and the law of buoyancy, all of these laws are absolute. The law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death, likewise. I absolutely. Now, regardless of your financial status, regardless of how much wealth you may have accumulated, regardless of what your balance sheet shows, you may be a multimillionaire or even a multi-billionaire. Cash in banks all over the world, stocks and bonds and real property, jewelry and diamonds, gold and silver, credit union worthiness, you may own many businesses, you may even have international assets on uh, in offshore accounts. Nevertheless, you are still under one of these two laws. You're still under either the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or you are under the law of sin and death. Regardless of your educational status, you may have an extremely high IQ. You may have PhD degrees, JD degrees, MD degrees. You may have read numerous books. You may have authored numerous books. Nevertheless, you are still under one of those two laws. I hope the point is being made <laughs> that you're under the law of the spirit of life or the law of sin and death, regardless of your status in life. Even if you have natural talents and abilities, you may be world-renowned, world-renowned to the extent that you're even known by your first name. You may have signed numerous multi-million-dollar contracts, many endorsements you may have. You may have a fan club all around the globe, autograph seekers after you everywhere you might go. You could possibly be in the record book. You may have been deemed to be worthy of being placed in the hall of fame. But nevertheless, you are still under one of two laws. Your race does not make any difference. There is no racial advantage, nor is there a racial disadvantage. There's no affirmative action that causes one to have some benefit over another as it relates to these two laws. Everyone. I repeat, and I cannot overly emphasize this point, everyone is under one of these two laws. 
Your geographical location doesn't make any difference. You can being a citizen of citizen of the United States of America does not give you any advantage, nor does it cause you to be under any disadvantage. Let's look at even your physical appearance. You could be the most handsome or the most beautiful person who ever walked the earth, but your appearance will not cause you to move from under one of these laws of life into the other law of life. You may be a Hollywood star. As I said before, handsome, beautiful. You may have had numerous facelifts, lifts, liposuction, tummy tucks. You may even be a supermodel. Nevertheless, you are still under either the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or under the law of sin and death. Now, in the natural, we have four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. But there's only one spiritual season. There is only one time span. There's only one opportunity to move from under the law of sin and death to under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that time span is during a person's lifetime. Now, most of us are familiar with the biblical account of Adam and Eve in the garden. And we know what God, Father God, said to Adam and Eve while in the garden. They were told that the entire garden was theirs, was available to them other than the one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they were forbidden to eat from. I submit to you that they were under the law of the spirit of life, while in the garden. And as long as they were obedient to the word of God, they will remain into throughout eternity under the law of the spirit of life. Also, God said to them that if they were to eat of that tree, that they would surely die. That is the first reference to a death penalty we find in the Bible. It's in the book of Genesis, that they were told that they were under, they knew that they were under the spirit of life because the entire garden was there and they were to live throughout eternity, but were told, they were admonished. Now, this is another law of life that we're touching upon that we'll get to later in this discussion. They were given a warning under the law of notice and warning that if they were to eat of the forbidden fruit, that they would automatically activate the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death was being held in abeyance unless and until Adam and Eve transgressed. If they had not transgressed, then the law of sin and death would never have been activated or invoked. But we know what happened. Eve ate of the tree and offered Adam fruit from that tree. And what happened then? They automatically came under the law of sin and death because they had transgressed. Now, Adam, I submit to you, was the authority figure in the garden. You may ask the question, why do I say that? I say it because when God confronted them, he didn't ask Eve, where are you? God asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Because Adam was the authority figure. He was the one accountable and responsible 
of what took place in the garden. There's another law we just touched upon that we will visit throughout throughout the series at, at some point in this series, the law of accountability and responsibility. So we touched upon three or four laws that were right there in the garden, although we're emphasizing the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. When they ate of the forbidden fruit, they activated the law of sin and death. Now, man had sinned. Adam and Eve represented humankind. They represented mankind. So as a result, when they fell, the entire human race fell, the entire human race that would have been forthcoming, which would have forthcome under the law of the spirit of life or the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now the entire human race comes up, uh, comes in under the law of sin and death because Adam and Eve were the representative figures for the human race. They were the ones in authority for the human race in the garden. So as a result, the entire human race then came under the law of sin and death. Now, right here we see another law of life being activated. And that, and we'll get to that law in a later point in our teaching series. But right then they came under another law that was a law of sin and death. And it was imputed. That was a term that I had in mind. It was imputed to the entire human race. That means that what Adam and Eve did then was put upon, imputed upon the entire human race. And in that, now there's a law of kinds that comes into play here. Everything produces after its own kind. Now, who sinned? It was not an angel of God that sinned. It was a man, a man representing the human race who sinned. So as a result of that, as a result of that, who had to die? A man had to die. And it had to be a perfect man who had to die. There was no perfect man to die in our place. Otherwise, then the entire human race would have had to die under the law of sin and death. And this is why God the Father sent his son, his son who all. And he came here as being all God and all man. And the man, Christ Jesus, is the one who went to the cross for us, paid the death penalty for us. And as a result of that, his righteousness was imputed to us, but our sin was imputed to him. And as a result, now we are in right standing with God, and we have a right now to the tree of life. Wow. We're going to go to break and come right back. And we're talking to former judge Fred M. Mosley about the law of the spirit of life, sin, and death. And I think he made it very clear that there's only one way in. Today you're listening to former judge Fred M. Mosley as he talks about and educates us about one of his laws of life. To find out about all 50 laws of life, please go to anotherchancemedia.org and pre-order his book and workbook. All right, we're back, and this is Tawanda with Mosley's Bench, and today we're talking to former judge Fred M. Mosley, 
and he's sharing one of the many laws of life. And this one in particular is the law of the spirit of life, sin and death. And you can get more information about that. And the scripture reference is Romans 8 and 2. And we have about nine more minutes, and we're still buckled in and listening to you. So back to you, former judge Fred Mosley. Thank you very much, Tawanda. So hopefully we've made the point clear that each of us, the mere fact that we don't, the mere fact that we attend church does not bring us from under the law of sin and death. There's only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's no middle ground. The only way, and I say this without any equivocation, any hesitation at all, the only way we can be brought from under the law of sin and death is by and through accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and and as our Savior. But there's another component of the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death that we want to incorporate in this sharing. It goes beyond just our salvation because most individuals are of the impression that the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death only deals with our salvation and that of eternal life with and by and through our Lord and Savior and bringing us in right standing with Father God. But there's another component of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I would submit to you that I can be under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus as it relates to my salvation, as it relates to where I will spend and with whom I will spend eternity. But I can be under that general law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, but I can bring myself under the law of sin and death as it relates to certain other components of my life. You may ask the question, well, how can that be? I can bring myself under the law of sin and death as it relates to my health. If I don't protect my health as I should, if I don't eat properly, and that's going to come under the law of health when we get into that discussion, if I don't eat properly, if I don't exercise properly, if my words are negative words as it relates to my health, I can be under the law of the spirit of life as it relates to eternity, as it relates to my salvation, but I could have brought myself under the law of sin and death as it relates to my health because of certain activities that are inconsistent with being under the law of of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in every component of my life. That's just one area, and we go much deeper into the area of health where so many believers are walking in ill health because they have come into agreement, another law of life, can two walk together except they be agreed, because they have come into agreement with words that are negative as it relates to one's health. What about our finances? One can be under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus as it relates to salvation, but be under the law of sin and death as it relates to our finances. Many believers bring themselves unknowingly under a law of poverty, under a spirit of poverty, based upon what they say, how they say it, the kind of relationships they get involved in. There are some instances whereas people are required to sign an affidavit of some kind stating that they don't have anything, they don't. They never expect to have anything, and they're going to be poor all of their lives. That's a a spirit of poverty. 
That is, a, I'm sorry, that is an affidavit, if you will, of poverty. And when you make those kinds of statements, then you automatically bring yourself under the law of sin and death as it relates to your finances. Every component of life, we can bring ourselves under the law of sin and death, although overall we're under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus as it relates to our salvation, but every other component of life, we can bring ourselves under the law of sin and death. What about family relationships? If I'm a family member who's always making negative statements about my family, if I'm a father or your mother, whomever, making negative statements to and about our children, we can bring those children, based upon the authority that we have in our words, we can bring those children under the law of sin and death as it relates that as it relates to that component of their lives, as it relates to self-esteem. If I convince myself and others have spoken into my life negativity that I'll never be anybody, I'll never accomplish anything, I'll always be less than this or that, then again that person can be brought under the law of sin and death in that component of their lives. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death goes much deeper mm. than just our salvation. Now, that's the most important aspect of it, but there are many other components of it that we unfortunately are unaware. And, you know, the strategy of the enemy is even if he cannot stop us from being saved. Us to be under the spirit of sin and death, or the law of sin and death, for every other component of our lives. May I, may I ask you a question, um, yes. please, yes. Judge Mosley? Yes. Um, because not not just because of COVID and because of the uncertainty in the world right now, but just because of, of everything you said is a this, this is the way. So for those that are listening, we know as, as, as Mosley's bench grows and you continue to have millions of people all across the world listening, I, I need you to please tell us if a person that's listening to this does not know who God is, does not know how to be able to, to come to Christ, can you please share with us? what that person at home right now or in their car, what do they need to do to be able to receive this? Well, it's a simple process. It's okay. simple, but it's very profound. Okay. All one has to do is to confess, first of all, that I'm a sinner and that I cannot save myself. And I do believe that Jesus went to the cross. He died for me and he rose again. And in his place, now, his, my sin is imputed to him. His righteousness is imputed to me. And just receiving what he did on the cross, that now I am saved and I'm a child of God, and that is the foundation for me to function on the right side of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in every component of my life. We only have two more minutes left, but that was definitely that was definitely amazing. And one thing I really want to ask you really quickly as we close out, in reference to these laws of life, you said there's actually 50 of them? Yes, there are. Mm. There's 50 that the Spirit of God has revealed to us thus far and has 
given us a mandate to share. And I'm not going as far as to say those are, those that is the limit of the laws of life that are contained in the Bible. But in order, and I should clarify this at this point, in order for us to refer to a law of life as being such, this is what the Spirit of the Lord has required of me. And that is, I have to start in Genesis, carrying that law of life all the way through the Old Testament into and throughout the New Testament, and establishing that as an absolute. Sometimes several hundred scriptures will come together to establish each of these laws of life, each of these shifting laws of life that we should. So we don't grab one scripture and uh, point it to be a law of life. It has to be a, an accumulation of scripture that comes together. Okay. We are out of time. Oh, my gosh, we're out of time. I need to tell quickly, for those that's listening today, we're talking about the law of the spirit of life, sin, and death from Romans 8 and 2 of former Judge Fred Mosley. We're back again tomorrow, and we're talking about the law of faith. Please tune in, get all this information, get the laws of life into your life. And again, this is Tawanda on behalf of Mosley's Bench with former Judge Fred M. Mosley. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench with former Judge Fred M. Mosley. To get more information on Fred M. Mosley, Mosley's Bench, the Laws of Life, or the nonprofit organization Justice Ministries, please tune in to the website at lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministriesintl.com. Once again, that's lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministriesintl.com. Thank you.